forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. Well, damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to life. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Erith, and with me, as always, we have talented artists and comic enthusiasts, J.R. Gonzalez. How's it going? It's going swell, buddy. And then we got our third host here, the kid, the one, the only, the bearded, Zach Barlow. How you living, kid? Uh, today I'm going to be referred to as the Armageddon Alchemist, <laughs> and I need you to give me a wrestling introduction like you're jerry the the king lawyer all right so let's just you just want to start the episode over take it from the top yeah let's just no no let's just 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 do, run it live just run it let me, live. let me get this let, armageddon, <laughs> armageddon. so not only is are you a professional wrestler in this but the, your name is the armageddon alchemist as that's your wrestling yeah, title dog. yeah dog yeah dog in that's the left name. corner at <laughs> five foot <laughs> ten nope Weighing in at I'm six, I'm six one. 225 pounds, he's a Virgo, <laughs> the one, the only, Armageddon Alchemist, Zick the Kid Barlow! I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect us to get this far. Um, I should probably have some type of promo ready. Listen here, boys and girls. If you mess with the Armageddon Alchemist, you'll get the snap. And if you get the snap, then it's going to be one, two, three, and I'm going to win the championship. That was off the dome, bro. <laughs> I know. It was very evident that was off the dome, bro. <laughs> Sound like like a macho man Shit. Randy Savage that was doing a PSA for fucking like fifth graders. You listen here. You listen to your kids. <laughs> kids and ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, yeah. We're, we're in the wrestling mood because we have a very, very fucking cool uh, special guest on this episode. Um, Ethan from Destiny City Comics is coming on to do a little Q&A with us, talk about his business down in the uh, Stadium District in Tacoma. Um, and he also has uh, a second profession that Zach's very excited about. And I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm so intrigued. Geeked. <laughs> Comic book store owner slash professional wrestler is just the the coolest business card you could ever hand to somebody. I know. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <just> so <laughs> fucking rad. So. Mine's so lame for my job. Service sales. <laughs> I hope it's like the fucking bicep, in the fucking shape <laughs> of the card. Um, and uh, on on a more somber note, our uh, our drink today is is a uh, is pyramid. And the reason for that is the uh, the, the headquarters, the, the brewery in Seattle, is, is closed down permanently due to this, this COVID virus. Um, so without further ado, let's go into our beverage breakdown and talk about it.
So today, uh, Z isn't isn't drinking. He's on a cleanse. But we got uh, me and, and and our 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 resident alcohol enthusiast, Jr. Gonzalez, <laughs> holding down the fort here. Uh, so Jr., what are you sipping on today? I am sipping on a Pyramid Outburst Citrus IPA. Um, Ooh, it was so between this one and excited. the Apricot, but I. I'm not sure. Um... You made a mistake. Oh, shut <laughs> You're up! Let regret me that one, kid. drink it first. <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> um, I, I like the fact that it's got fruit in it on the label, so that's why I got it. <laughs> uh, that's what they want you to think. Um, okay, so you're drinking the Outburst Citrus Ale. I'm drinking the, uh, the just the Outburst Imperial Ale. So we're, we're, oh, we're no, bursting a, out of our it's scenes. It's a Citrus IPA, not ale. Yeah, IPA. Sorry, this is yeah. IPA as well. It's an Imperial oh, IPA. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to see you. I'm try actually. It. I'm actually not sure if I've ever had the outburst citrus here. So don't let me. Don't let me throw shade on your experience here before you try it. Well, I picked it, it because be of the <laughs> because of the can and the, the name. So <laughs> fucking my. I, I just. I just know what <laughs> outburst is, and outburst. Although I love outburst, it's super hoppy. Outburst so we'll causes outbursts. Dude, uh, it's. I didn't know that. Should have got the apricot. No, nah, dude, you chose correctly. What are you getting from the uh, nose of that can there, dude? I'm getting aluminum. And yeah, I'm yeah. getting... <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Is it cold? Oh, it's cold. It's super cold. And it's oh, good? It's cold. That's good. I like it. Hey, there we go. Ooh, that's, that's Congratulations, good. Pyramid. You're... You're one of two lists, beers on JR's list that he actually likes. And it's not bad going down list. at all. Not as much as when you say, when you guys say hoppy, I'm always worried about the, the, that strong the bitterness. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm impressed. It's not bad. Have some food with this. It'd be really good. It's kind of light. Okay. For an IPA. That, that Dang. is, that is good to hear. Cause that is. The opposite of this this bad boy. So it's got a – this is the Pyramid uh, Outburst Imperial IPA. It's got a dark orangey hue to it, almost amber. And uh, I've had it before. This is the beer that I would have um, growing up when I knew I was going to black out. Like if it was just like, hey, I got I got seven or nine bucks, and that, ne- that needs to get me good and loose. And then I went with Outburst because it's, it's a fucking – I'll just drink it. oh yeah it's like a punch in the throat it's a hop and malt smackdown is the first thing i think because you don't get any citrus there's just no citrus so the apricot ipa is probably more of my more my uh my alley because this is yeah this is just as as bitter it's uh earthy um and it's malty and it fucking gets you drunk it's 8.5 abv um it's just if you want to get loose, and this is the only one they had in the store that I got um, up here in Anchorage. And um, back to the story a little bit. So Pyramid started in 1984. They were headquartered in Seattle, and they're right across the street from uh, formerly known as Safeco Field, now known as T-Mobile Park. And that was the spot, you know. That's where you'd go when you're pre-funking a Mariner game. You go across the street to Pyramid. And that was probably the, the only time I drank Pyramid, honestly, was at Safeco Field watching Mariner games because it was – it was right there. It was a great brewery. It was huge. Had a huge front lot where they would have beer stands and food stands, and everybody would just pack that, get nice and buzzed, head over to the Mariner game, and watch them lose. 
And it was, uh, it was a great experience and it's kind of nostalgic for me. So it's sad to think about my favorite, my favorite pyramid beer, I would say is the Curveball. It's their, uh, their summer seasonal beer. It's, it's my favorite blonde ale I've ever had. Um, and while, while it's sad that the Seattle Brewer is going away, um, they are still, uh, producing in California and Oregon. So there will be beers still on the shelves from Pyramid. So this isn't the end of their company. This is just the end of their their tour in Seattle. So uh, we'll pour one out or pour one down for our boys over at Pyramid. I just, I, I just want to say, kind of uh, piggybacking on what you said, Jordan, that that place, I have so many memories in that place from every time I, I would go to a game, whether it be a Mariners game or even a Seahawks game, I always found myself there before the game. Like that was just a, the kick it spot, the pre-funk spot, and it was always packed. But they always had room because they had that lot in the front of uh, the place where people would be playing cornhole and getting beers and listening to music and just hanging out. And it's such a Seattle experience. It really has become like a r- true Seattle experience, and um, I'm really gonna miss it, man. I, I, one of the memories that stands out to me from that Pyramid Brewery were, was. Uh, the first time my buddy uh, Marcel met uh, Alicia's family, oh, and God. it was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You let it him was, meet uh... them? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was cool, man. It was he. He met. Um, what did he say? So he met Alicia's uh, older brother's wife, and Alicia's older brother was there, and I was there, and we're all in a circle. And the first thing he says says to Janelle, Janelle is her name, uh, he goes, damn, girl, you looking like a snack. As I'm like, Janelle, this is Marcel. Damn, girl, you looking like a snack. And I was just like, <laughs> oh and God. Chris is there. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if the, that's not the move, bro. But she loved it, dude. She loves Marcel. She's like, oh, my God, thank you. And she's always just like, where's your friend Marcel? Like, bring him over. So... That's that's just Marcel's <laughs> charm, man. Like he gets away with the wildest shit, and, and people, everybody loves him no matter what. He, but, um, he shows a straight face and so serious, dude. It just works. Yeah, it just yeah. works. And that's one of the more PG-rated Marcel <laughs> stories. But uh, yeah, man. I just I, there's a lot of memories there, and and you know I hope whoever uh, takes that spot afterwards is uh, continues to kind of contribute to the culture. Is not just some garbage ass like real estate agency or some shit like that because it, it'd be a real loss for the city i think if um something rad didn't spring up from that that spot 100 percent, yeah it's gotta be a brewery if there's not a brewery that fucking replaces pyramid then we are we're going on strike and we're rioting in the streets i think that's the yeah. only that's the only <laughs> logical option because that yeah like zach says that's just it's part of home in seattle it's just uh there's a space needle there's the pyramid Brewery and there's fucking Seahawks and Mariners and Sounders, Vinny and Sounders. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we love you, Pyramid. Keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully, one day we'll see you again in Seattle. And we're back, and we are very excited to have our special guest for this episode, Ethan from Destiny City Comics, is on board. How you doing, Ethan? Doing good. How's it going? 
It's going fantastic. And for those that are listening, uh, since this is a podcast and not a, a visual, uh, <laughs> Ethan is repping a fucking dope ass shirt right now that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Squirtles. And <laughs> oh, I didn't even see the yes. Oh, <laughs> you thought it was just it turtles, dude? dude? I thought it was turtles and I was stoked on it. I was like, oh, yeah, that shirt's rad. I mean, technically Damn, it, it is turtles, up. but. Yeah, that's that's one of the cooler shirts I've ever seen in my life. So you're nice. already you're, you're starting off you're starting off hot, <laughs> coming out of the gates running, man. I love it. So so Ethan, um, tell us a little about yourself, man. What do people need to know about you? Um, you know, I so I guess I I started out um kind of in two places. I was I was a sperm and an egg, and, and slowly <laughs> merged into one zygote. What was that like? Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting, you know, going back and forth between your mom and your dad. Um, you know, I was very grateful they were able to get together and so and you were conscious that, that whole time. You remember yeah. this impeccable memory. That's impeccable a, memory. Sounds traumatic, man. To be honest, but that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm a I'm a professional wrestler who who kind of stumbled into owning a comic book store, and yeah, for like a probably a good six months, was kind of living out like both dreams at the same time so i can't i can't complain too much about that that's, that is so cool that's the coolest thing we were talking about earlier that's the coolest business card you could probably hand to somebody that says comic book <laughs> shop owner slash professional wrestler i mean if i saw that i would instantly be like oh this is a this is an actual superhero yeah this is, a, this is honestly a superhero i see what you're doing for here. life <laughs> yeah yeah you don't even need Nighttime a higher security vigilante though. slash comic book store owner it's so cool shit ever man. So we got a ton of questions for you. Uh, I think, uh, JR, you wanted to start, right? Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're, you kind of talked about your, you know, your wrestling and your comic book store. So like, how did that journey even start? Like, how did that come together for you? Um, so I've always, I've always been a comic book fan and a wrestling fan. And definitely like as a kid was super into comic books. And then once I kind of like found out about wrestling, wrestling kind of took the foreground of my interests and then comic books were always kind of kind of there in the background like i'd pick one up here and there and like i'd try to mm -hmm. keep tabs on it and then definitely like as i got older and like started performing wrestling uh around that same time it just became easier to follow it just through the internet and things like that and i also as an adult you have your own money so you're not you're not saddled with an allowance you can kind of splurge and indulge both mm -hmm. um but yeah, I would just pick up things like kind of randomly still like graphic novels. And it wasn't until a couple years ago, I found this shop in my hometown, Tacoma, Destiny City Comics. And uh, just the owner, Michael, just knew everything there was to know about about comics and just had a great mind for it. And but was just very passionate about it. And that was like the first time I think I've been to a comic book store where the owner was like really passionate about what they do. And it showed. And I'm always addicted to people who are just super into whatever it is they're doing. Even if it's something I don't care about, I love seeing people that are just stoked to do what they, what they do. And so I ended up buying, um, what was it, Immortal, a couple volumes of Immortal Hulk from him. Nice. And, nice. Came, and then I came back like a month later uh, to pick some other stuff. And he, he remembered not only who I was, but he was like, oh, yeah, how was Hulk? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was, that was great. He's like, oh, yo, the author also wrote this. I think you should check it out. And so I ended up picking up that. And just every time I would come in, like, he was always just great about making recommendations, like, based off, like, what I'd read. And I also like, too, that the, the shop was very community forward. Like, I remember seeing they had, like, a booth at Pride in Tacoma. And I was mm -hmm. like, that, 
And to me, stuff like that is always really cool. Yeah. And yeah. so I also just felt good that I was supporting a, like a business that's that's giving back to the community and like shares like the same ideals that I have. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess fast forward to I think it was August or September, he announced that he was closing the store. It had been five years. It was a good run. And I remember just reaching out like the day I saw the Facebook post and being like, hey, uh, what are the reasons it's closing? Is there anything I can do to save it or, you know, keep it going? And it just kind of led to me just offering to to buy the shop. And he was very good about, like, uh, making the transition as smooth as possible. Um, even, like, the landlord and, like, we're next door to a bookstore, a regular bookstore, King's Books. Um, mm-hmm. And they were just really helpful about getting everything set up with us. Um, and then, yeah, so then I ended up just owning the, the shop. And I had, our lease started December 1st last year. Oh, so cool. just wow. recently got into it. You are nice. a f- where's your cape, bro? Because you are a fucking superhero. <laughs> are you kidding me? You saved Destiny City. I didn't even know that, man. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just one of those things where his lease was up. It had been five years, and I think it was just a lot of burnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I totally get because, like, like the shop was very much like a one man operation before, and is still very much like a one man operation. So I, mm. I can fully see after like five years just being like, this is, this is cool and all, but it's time, yeah. to, time to move on to something else. Yeah, and, uh, that was kind of one of my questions yeah. is that once you, once you took over the shop, I know it hasn't been like five years yet, but like, what if, has there been anything that surprised you in owning a comic book shop or thing like that you didn't see coming or kind of learnings that you've had since, since taking it over? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, I think a lot of stuff on the business end of things, because with wrestling, like a lot of times you're just paid like with an envelope full of cash or somebody will just like PayPal you or like Venmo you money. So you don't like, yeah. So you don't like have to, I guess, like worry so much about like taxes and like monitoring income and things like that. You know, like if I sell, like I probably get like this is probably really incriminating myself, but like if I sell like, like $80 in t-shirts at the store, or like at the store, but like at, a, at an indie show, I'm like, in my head, I'm not like, okay, well, like how much of this is taxes? And like, you know, I got to put away stuff like this for the end of the year. So right. it's definitely a lot different on the business end of things, like having to learn about like paying taxes and different types of tax and making sure you're up to fire code. So I feel like every month something new comes up that I wasn't <laughs> prepared for. Because uh, literally right, like, I think it was two weeks before we had uh, to close due to, like, the, the COVID-19, right. uh, the, the fire department showed up to do, like, their yearly inspection. And up until that point, it had never occurred to me to think about if we're up to fire code. And I remember, like, seeing them walk in and, like, immediately going, oh, God, where's the fire extinguisher? <laughs> <laughs> and doing, like, this casual glance around the room, like, as I'm talking to her. And then she's like, do you mind if I check it out right as I noticed it? And I blurt out way too excitedly, yeah, it's over there by the bookshelf on the far back. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they're going to come back with a dog to, like, check for drugs. Because I probably just seem, like, super skittish. Oh, that's amazing. But you had it. So, yeah, yeah you're uh, good. Nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> 
Nailed it. And we were up to fire code, for the record. We were up to fire code. Dude, good for you. Without even trying to be. That's just natural talent right there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just by default, you know, just surround myself with a bunch of flammable products. And uh, just stumble into stumbling up to fire code. That's amazing. That's awesome. Oh, shit. That's so, awesome. What, yeah, what, I mean, what challenges have you seen with all this going on? I mean, you've seen so many challenges just stepping into a new industry, but like with everything that's going on now, like what changes are you working with? Oh, so many. Um, I I think the big one is obviously not being able to have customers in store. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would definitely kind of change the business model because now we're primarily online. Like we'll do curbside pickup, like as if you're just doing like takeout, but that's like the extent of like, what we can do as far as like human interaction goes. Mm-hmm. You guys and have a website? So we do. And what's funny is okay. I, for like three weeks, was like working on getting a store set up. And then like finally stopped one day and was like, how many people are even visiting our website versus like going to our Instagram or our Facebook page? And it was so drastically different that I kind of just put the online store on the back burner. Because mm-hmm. so many people were just ordering stuff off like things they've seen on Instagram or like things we've posted on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And even just converting to like posting more products to our Facebook story. I've seen a lot more of an uptick in people see- buying stuff they've seen in our story versus just like our, like, our daily posts and updates. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just a big transition. Um, but yeah, that and then really getting like good with like PayPal. We mail off a lot of stuff. So I finally got to take advantage of our sweet business USPS postal account. (laughs) Sick. (laughs) Getting them free padded envelopes, baby. Hey, padded envelopes. Hey, don't brag. Flat rate, holics your boy. You be proud of them. Do you you guys mail to Alaska? (laughs) Anywhere, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Jordan. Finally, man. I've been trying to find a shop to mail, dude. (laughs) Doug was not having it over at Action City, but we got Destiny City. He's about to mail up to the AK. There you go. Oh, there you go. Me, I mean, once it leaves the shop, that's all on the po- that's all on the postal <laughs> carrier. There we go. There I we mean, go. He's the one who's got to get it to Alaska. Like I, that's the spirit right there, man. Mail <laughs> still works. Mail still works. Yeah, that's awesome. So, with with all that said, like, what 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 would you like the fans and how would you want them to support you in this in this climate? Like, is there a? I know they're 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 on your Instagram. I see your posts all the time. I mean, I I I'm on the Hot Heroes, so I get. I see your stuff. I like your stuff. I love the fact that I get to see a lot of your comic books coming in. That is a great, you know, uh, way to, to get people excited. So, like, do you, do you have a specific way you want people to support you? Or do you, you just blah, just people do whatever they can? <laughs> Buy comics. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, blah. I mean, ideally, yeah. I mean, buying comics. Um, it's so weird because um, initially I thought about setting up kind of like a, a fund for people who wanted to support the shop but didn't necessarily want to buy comics. And I'd reached out to a couple of places, uh, the local YWCA, uh, Tacoma Rescue Mission, a couple others, and just place that, de- like, that work with children. Not deal with, that sounds mean. <laughs> that, uh, that work with children. That uh, handle you know, Especially kids. like, you know, children, uh, you know, fa- like low-income families, and like, hey, do the kids that come through your doors, would they be interested in, in having some comics? And Tacoma Rescue Mission, YWCA, immediately were like, yes. And so initially I was going to put a thing out there and be like, hey, you know, if you want to support the shop but don't want to buy comics, here's the best way to do that. But then also seeing so many other people that are asking for donations to make PPE for, you know, people who work in grocery stores and hospitals. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like it was the best thing. Like, morally, I didn't feel like it was right to be like, 
hey, give your your money to a comic book store, even if you don't particularly care for comics. <laughs> <laughs> so there was people that like messaged me privately that I just I've known through wrestling or whatever, like fans that like reached out and said, hey, you know, I want to support your store. I don't read comics. And for them, I, I kind of gave that as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't anything I adre- addressed uh, publicly. And I'm still not encouraging people to do it. If you want to do it, I-, I won't say no. But I would also look around and go, are there, there are better places I could be giving my income to <laughs> that are-, are really benefiting the world we're in now than a comic book store? Um, right. I-, I-, I hear where you're coming from, and that's, you're, ju- you're just the sweetest. I want to start with that. <laughs> <It's annoying. laughs> that's-, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. But you are providing... Uh, a gift to kids in need. Like, I mean, it, it is, it is helping the store. So I feel the guilt trip, but like, that is a great cause. Like I would donate to that in a heartbeat to have, to intru- oh. Go ahead, no, no, I'll just say, just to introduce literature and illustration to kids that need something to, to, to distract them from what's going on right now. I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I also kind of hear what Ethan's saying though. I feel like if, if you're not into comics, then you should probably put your money where, you know, where you're uh, you're into but luckily for us this is a comic book podcast so most of our <laughs> listeners are going to be into so comics just do it anyway. in, in doing so they're gonna <laughs> act, they're gonna want to support and so um i think that you know if it, jordan i agree with you because both you and i appreciate the art and the storytelling and would gladly give our money to that cause and so you know i kind of agree with both sides but i think that you know i'm into comics so i'd support and i'm sure a lot of our listeners would too yeah yeah absolutely man it's it's not necessarily uh, considered a need, but I think it, it is like we had a big episode when we first came in this quarantine about uh, creativity right now and how important it is just as a, as a distraction and as a comfort for those that are focusing on the negative and comics is a great example of that. So I, I, I hear where you're coming from, but for our fans out there that do want to get comics <laughs> with the hands that might not have had it before, this is your Give option. Ethan money now. Just fucking give it to him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Pay up. <laughs> pay, pay the piper motherfucker <laughs> no man that's that's a great and that's genius marketing man that's a great you must have some outside sales experience because that's that's a great thought process there to where where can i help but also you know sustain i think that's great thank you yeah and it's something i think i've always kind of been into is is charity and especially now having a shop it gives definitely gives us a better platform to do that kind of stuff whereas i feel like mm-hmm. As like a lone individual, like even through wrestling, sometimes it's really hard to organize something charitable. Just because wrestling, it costs so much money to put on. Like, but like even trying to put together a charity wrestling show, by the time you, you know you pay the wrestlers and you rent the ring and you rent the venue and all the things that go into it, just the things it would cost to to pay for that show, you could just give to that charity. Whereas I feel mm. like with with a comic book shop, especially like. There's a lot less overhead for me to just say, like, hey, if you want to give money to this thing and buy these comics that already exist, that I've already purchased, I will, I will do the legwork to just distribute them. Like, mm. in Tacoma, we have, right. they're called Free Little Libraries, and you can sign up through the county, and it's literally just like a giant birdhouse with a door that you can just put books in, and your, mm. and your like, local neighborhood can, like, you know, drop books off, take books, things like that. And so for free comic book day, because it was canceled, I took a bunch of the free comics from last year that didn't sell and a bunch of other ones that I just thought were, were cool and kid appropriate. I bagged them up and spent like the entire weekend, like that morning and those evenings, just walking around from like library to library, 
Because the website will tell you where like the registered ones are, but there's a ton that people just put up that aren't. And so mm. I did like the first the first day on Saturday, I did my sweep of everything that like was on the website. And then I posted about it and I was like, hey, you know, if there's any other by your house that I might have missed, you know, let me know. And then it was just like comment and DM of just like the corner of this and this, the corner of that one. Oh, right here over by this school. So then like my whole Sunday was like going back and like mapping out like my city and going, okay, if I start here in 50th and the shop's like here in second. Okay. And then like, yeah, spent probably a good like five hours on Sunday. Wow. Just. Making yeah, my nice. way through. You're town. making me feel so bad about myself because yeah, I'm we're the we're completely selfish. Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're, we're like we are not. If you have, if for those listeners out there, there is currently wind flowing through Ethan's hair and his cape is just <laughs> flying behind his back. Cause that that's so fucking cool. Zach actually noticed one of those locally and did a did a blog about it on his website. Cause how cool of a of a message that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, what happened is uh, shortly after um, the lockdown happened, I noticed that the local free library in my area, uh, there was books in it, um, but there was also like canned goods in it as well. And it was kind of just like, take whatever you need. And I just thought that was like such a beautiful notion of just human generosity, like kind of adapting to a situation and being like, hey, you know, there's a lot of things that are missing in the grocery store right now. So let's use this to, you know, give back to the community. And so, yeah, I wrote about that. But yeah, I love free libraries, and, and I think that, you know, walking around free, for free comic book day is, is, in, is incredible. A lot of people missed free comic book day a lot, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, totally. And it was something that, like, I personally had been gearing up for for a while. Like, like I had all these plans, and I was like, yeah, we're going to do this big, cool, like, weekend-long thing. And then just slowly seeing, like, piece by piece of it, like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Uh, right. But the, the yeah. free library thing wasn't even initially my, wasn't really my idea. The previous owner messaged me about that. Because he was like, hey, do you mind if I pick up a couple comics? I'm going to drop them off at the free library by my house. And then, like, my, like, weird wrestling brain started, like, turning. And I was like, <laughs> well, forget they're just doing it in one. Why don't we just do it with all of them? <laughs> so then I was like, yeah, I was like, we'll just map out the entire city. <laughs> but, yeah, if you live in Tacoma between, I'm going to say, like, 50th and 56th in Portland and second and St. Helens, which is like the corner the store's on, there's probably like an 80% chance that like there were comic books in there or may still be comic books in there. All right. Well, that's I'm awesome. Booking my flight to Washington. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. You got some free comics out there. Uh, but you mentioned your wrestling brain and, and, and I'm just, I can yes. feel Zach's t- anxiety of just wanting to get this to this point. So my, yes. my question is how, how did your wrestling passion either like maybe you maybe you had it from since a child, but how did you get into the industry? How do you become a professional wrestler? It just sounds so intimidating to me. I, I don't like it. It definitely is. Um, I was very lucky that there was a school like 40 minutes from my house. And so that's where I initially trained to, to be a wrestler and then ended up uh, switching trainers or I guess the school switched trainers to uh, Davey Richards, who's wrestled like ring of honor impact wrestling and so I trained with him and then ended up kind of finishing up uh, with this guy, Buddy Wayne, who, like, did a lot of work for WF back in the day. And so that was, like, where I initially kind of got molded into it. But I, even, like, from an early age, like, the only job I ever wanted was to be a Power Ranger. 
or to be a wrestler. Like those were, like I knew I was gonna wear tights. Like one way or another, like, I'm getting in these tights. And so I, like I just there was nothing else that really like interested me. Like as far as like a real job, like anything else would have just been like not not living the dream. So I was like, well, I might as well go for it. And so I started training when I was 17. Uh, had my first match five days after my 18th birthday because. In Washington, you legally you have to be 18 before you can wrestle. So wow. I started training as soon as I could, legally could, and then yeah, like immediately was like as soon as I could legally wrestle, was wrestling. And then we were just going like Washington, Oregon, uh, all the way through NorCal, just anywhere. Like that first year, like anywhere any of us from our school could get could get work. Um, mm-hmm. So we probably spent like five grand traveling to these shows and probably made like three hundred dollars. <laughs> like, <in laughs> nice. That's the cost of, of getting your, your name out there, right? Yeah, it's like it's kind of like being in a band. Like you're just kind of like For sure. touring around, like just anywhere that will let you perform. You're like, well, we gotta right. do it. Yeah. Cause right. you know, especially at that point, you don't you you suck and nobody knows who you are, so you bring nothing to the table. <laughs> like you can't be like, I'm gonna have a great match because you're not. And you're, like, you're not gonna bring any fans because no one knows who you are. Especially like once you leave like your town. No one's gonna be like, Oh, your family's not gonna drive six hundred miles to like petaluma california to see you wrestle so you're only an expenditure (laughs) so you kind of just like have to like yeah just travel until you stop sucking so bad that somebody's like yeah i'd pay you to do that it's a lot of (laughs) self-reflection do do you have like a uh, an alter ego that you go with or or like a story or like in wwe or wcw kind of so the my wrestling name is ethan hd and uh i've had like several Fuck different yeah, like dude. characters over the years <laughs> zach what's your um, name bro the armageddon alchemist we don't really have to get into it <laughs> <laughs> oh what no let's no let's get into it no, so, like, please please let's get into this no, no. yeah i want to get into ethan hd no. right. I, I i'm i'm not i'm not a wrestler unfortunately but i but i did always want to be as a kid but anyway well tell, tell me about ethan hd high flyer uh, that sounds like a high flyer to me yeah I, when i started i was purely a high flyer i was like 150 pounds and like just like fortunately lean but not like through any type of like strict diet or or fitness regimen i just happened to be a skinny kid Mm -hmm. and so all i could do like all that was believable was for me to just throw myself at people and Mm -hmm. then once i started like lifting weights and like working out a bit more i i still do flips because i i just like flips and like a big, mm. I'm a big like Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero guy, Chris Jericho. Hell yeah, like. dude! Yeah. So I love anybody who just does like that, that really athletic style of wrestling, where you just like, mm-hmm. you like, where you almost like can't believe in your head that a human being can just pull that off. Like right. when he would just like, gra- like Eddie Guerrero would grab the guy by the hand and like run up the ropes and then just jump onto their shoulders and like hit a Hurricane Rana, and you're like, how? Like how does a human think of that and then have the guts, to, like the guts to try it? And then decide, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do that, like, every night. <laughs> right. Um, Seriously. Yeah. So that's the stuff I was, obs- I was obsessed with. So, yeah, I do, like, uh, like, you'll like, like a running shooting star press. Uh, mm-hmm. I do a moonsault uh, from the ropes inside over the top to the outside. So just, oh, shit. Just a whole Damn. bunch of dangerous stuff. Uh, do you have a finisher? I do. I use Seth Rollins curb stomp. And not to be that. Damn. Not to be that indie guy. But because every indie guy says they were doing it before somebody on TV did it, 
but I really was doing the curve stomp <laughs> before Seth Rollins did it. But only because I saw this guy called the Metal Master use it on like some random indie show. So I didn't come up with a move, but I didn't steal it from him. Yeah. I stole it from a completely different guy. <laughs> and I'm sure he also stole it from that guy. Like, what came first, yeah. the chicken or the egg? Who, who thought of it first? The Metal Master is really, really making, making waves out here. Um, Metal mess. So I fell in love with wrestling. I can tell you the exact moment I fell in love with wrestling. Bill Goldberg, WCW, probably like 1996 or 5 or something like that. He's walking out of the ring, and he's going to fight Kevin Nash, who at the time was the champion. And he's got, like, sparks coming through. You know how Goldberg used to come out and just, like, oh, the, yeah. he would walk through the sparks and his body would, like, smoke and shit. And you'd just be like, <laughs> holy shit. And, you're, and Kevin Nash is already, he's in the NWO at the time. And he's, like, the bad boy with the long hair, fucking big sexy. And you're just like, dude, I don't know if Goldberg can do it. Like, this guy, is, this guy might be the one that beats him. And then Goldberg just, like, goes in, beats his ass, spears him, and hits a jackhammer and fucking wins, like... Like he was nothing, and I was like, I fucking love this. And I like practiced moves and wrestled with my friends and put, convinced people to let me put him in like lion tamers and shit on trampolines for like years and years and years. I'm sure there you had a moment as well when you fell in love with it. Do you remember what it was? Absolutely. It was Monday Night Raw. It was uh, was it? It was the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, and they jumped okay. Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie put them in a okay. dumpster on the stage, and push the dumpster off the stage. So I didn't even realize it was wrestling until they, like, panned <laughs> over to the ring. Like, the next segment was a wrestling match. I just right. saw two guys, like, one guy, like, pantyhose on his head, and this other guy had, like, a cart. I think he was wearing, like, a Cartman shirt, or, like, a South Park shirt. And, right. yeah, they were just fighting. And they threw the guys in a dumpster and shoved it off a stage. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm never missing another episode. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going like, to try to murder somebody in a dumpster. <laughs> and then like, I was like, oh, they're trying to be a sport. I was like, oh, this is the craziest sport I've ever seen in my life. Right. <laughs> uh, Man. That's amazing. That's, that's so rad. One more, one more. What does is, what is it look like when COVID, like, I know that right now pro things are probably kind of halted, but when this passes what does your world look like are you still kind of traveling between washington and california doing indie shows or has it changed since you since you started which i'm sure it has oh yeah um i honestly for right now i'm not taking any wrestling bookings um mm. just until all this gets cleared up i i have my own theory right. that wrestling is going to be on hiatus for quite a while on the indie level just because of the fact that wrestling indie wrestling venues especially are very small and mm -hmm. by default you're going to be crammed in there and wrestling locker rooms are usually on that same level where there's not a lot of room to move around mm -hmm. so i don't see any way you could feasibly socially distance people and mm -hmm. also with wrestling because like i was saying earlier it's so expensive to put on a show you need so many people to turn out to turn a profit and right. especially like we're here in washington we're like we have like a four-phase plan and phase four, I think, is gatherings of 50 people or more, or I think, not 50 people or more, I think around 50 people with, like, the ability to, like, reasonably socially distance. Mm, and yeah. so, so I can't see any, wrestl any wrestling venue in Washington being able to, to accommodate that and financially right. survive. So right. I'm, I'm definitely looking at probably, like, January, February next year, I think, before indie wrestling is going to resume 
Um, I also think there's going to be a lot of a lot of really creative alternatives that are going to come out of this. Um, like I know Joey Janela has like a Twitch channel and he just watches wrestling with fans and they're just random matches, oh, whatever he cool. finds on YouTube. And he just kind of does his own commentary, like kind of pop up video style, just talks about why he likes it. Um, so you're seeing a lot of that. I saw there was promo mania, which is like a 16 man tournament of just wrestlers cutting promos on each other. <laughs> and then the fans decide like <laughs> who did the best trash talking. Um, I don't, wrestling's insane because it's, it's not a sport. It's a show about a sport. And the other thing about wrestling is it's entertainment. So as long as it's entertaining, it's wrestling. So I think you're going to see a lot of people finding ways to be entertaining in the realm of wrestling without actually wrestling. So I think that's what you're going to see until like wrestling across the board can kind of resume. All right, Zach, are you, Can't wait. Are you full mask still? Or are you, you calm down a little bit? Over there? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm full. Yeah, he's full, full, he's full for sure. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of the coolest things I've heard. And I think that's a perfect description for wrestling. It's that it's, uh, it's not a, a sport. It's a show about a sport. I think that's, I mean, it is a sport, but it's a show about a sport. And that's, that's like performance is a huge part of it. And my question, like, I don't know dearly about wrestling. I've seen Ready to Rumble, which is like my favorite wrestling movie of all time. It's or, so good. That movie's incredible. I love incredible. that movie, dude. Such a good I fucking movie. Fucking love that movie. I will rule you. Fucking love that movie. But uh, do you? <laughs> my question is, do you get like a script? Like I, I, I'm just so curious. Like how you know when to do what? Like do you? Do you? Is this? Is this? Is this? Uh, like taboo? Are we supposed to talk about this on the mic? No, no. I, I think, I think in 2020, I think wrestling's fairly exposed. Okay. Like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Penn and Teller, and I think the best part of Penn and Teller is when they show you how it's done, and you go, holy shit. I, I still couldn't do that. Because I think mm-hmm, even if yeah. you reveal all the secrets about wrestling, it's not like people can just go, oh, I know how to do the trick now, and they're going to go run out and do it. You right, know, yeah. so... Because you're still flying through the air doing flips and taking those falls and, and all that shit. Like, people aren't going to just go out and do that. Like, that's, yeah. of course, not an every person type of thing. Yeah, like, last year, I had somebody throw a fireball at me. And, I, you know, people were like, oh, how do you do it? Which, wait, wait, what? The answer is, Yeah. <laughs> Like, like fucking Mario fucking shit shooting fireballs. Dude, dead, dead ass, dead ass like some Mario like fireballs. But it's like even if I explain to somebody how to do it, it's not like they would just be like, oh yeah, I'll stand in the way of a fireball. You just drop like, that so yeah. subtly. Somebody threw a fire. So you're fighting fucking Goku. Like what is happening? I Super Saiyan. What's going on with here? Wrestling. I've I've nearly died so many times. I'm kind of just numb to it. <laughs> oh my god, dude. God. And honestly, like, because I've been wrestling like 15 years. Like I've been to like India, Dubai. Like I was oh, in amazing. New Zealand a couple Shit. years ago for three months. Like so I, I've seen a ton of stuff. So I hadn't done a fireball or been done anything involving with fire and after 15 years i was like you know it's different fuck it i don't care it's different let's just do it fuck it man did somebody come to you with that idea like hey ethan i let's all right let's do fire tonight and you're just like oh all right fuck it fine uh yeah there's this uh this is tag team war beast uh jacob fatu joseph samael joseph samael uh he was like yeah i throw a fireball and so I was kind of like, I'd be open. I'm, like, I'm down. Yeah, I just do uh, that. I, I, how, I, I, how throw, do you, I throw fireballs. Yeah, I was like, how do, we, how do you do this? How, do you, how, do you, how does this go where I don't die? Right? Because like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know necessarily how the trick goes. I have like a rough idea. But it's like, yeah, let's, this would be a cool learning experience. And so, yeah, like, he explains it. And so I was like, okay, cool. And it's all positioning. 
like you feel the heat, you know, like it singed all the hair off my forearm. Like I, I <laughs> like it's real fire. But there's a trick to not like losing an eye when you when you do it. But yeah, but like as I'm getting ready for this, again, it was also the very end of the match. So I was like, no matter how bad this goes, I don't have to do anything after. The honestly the Even worst live. part is right after I got hit with the fireball, I got fucking waterboarded. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, when is your next match, man? I'm, I, I, I gotta be there for this shit, dude. So, well, how I got waterboarded, I got waterboarded by the referee and, like, <laughs> the security. Well, because I told them, I was like, hey, I'm gonna get hit with a fireball. Please have water and a towel ready, just in case. And so what happened was, fireball goes off, I roll to the outside, they immediately throw the towel on over my head, and then start pouring water on the towel. Oh, no. So I have, like, the ref and two, like, grown men, like, holding this towel over my face, dumping water on it. So I'm, like, legit, like, shoving them off of me. Like, <laughs> like I need to breathe. Like, please They get didn't off realize me. what they were doing to you, or, or do you think I they realized? <laughs> I don't think it clicked. I don't think it clicked that, like, wow. what, like, what they were doing was, like, was Drowning murdering. your ass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, and sometimes, man. I mean, sometimes stuff like that happens. Like, I, there's definitely been a few times where, like, especially wrestling, uh, these guys, War Beast, their, their big thing is, like, all violence is legal and everything's just, like, Pier 6 brawl. And I just remember doing a show and then being told, like, hey, you know, um, don't, don't break any of the venue chairs. And probably about three minutes in, I'm, I'm just beating on this, uh, this guy, Jacob, on the outside. And he goes to throw me in the chairs. And then he kind of gives me, like, the signal to reverse. So I reverse, and I watch this, like, 250-pound Samoan guy just take off towards these chairs. And people just scatter. And just every chair in his path just demolished. (laughs) And I was like, well, there goes goes that request. (laughs) So then at that point, it was like, well, I guess guess we got to break all the chairs. So... (laughs) So yeah, I don't think Naturally, we ever wrestled yeah. a match with them where we didn't break at least a couple. And then we had a show in San Francisco for Lucha Expo or Expo Lucha, and I want to say we genuinely probably broke about thirty of the venue chairs. Wow! Like Jesus throwing Christ. them at each other, smashing them, like fought in the bleachers. It was rad. I, I mean, I loved it. But yeah, like I, I just the whole time I'm like, oh, they're not getting their deposit back. Like this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Do you have health insurance? <laughs> like, like Jesus Christ. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It, it would be reckless to not be afraid of it. Like, but at the same time, I also know my, my limits as, a, as an athlete and what I can and cannot do. And if I know there's something I absolutely will die doing, I, I just won't do it. But if I can like envision in my head how this could go well, then it's like, oh yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's, let's do it. I would never do something dangerous on a whim. <laughs> But if you present the idea to me, and I can, I can figure out in my head how to not die doing it, then, oh, yeah, let's, let's totally do it. But I'm also the first one, too, to, like, go to a building and be like, oh, shit, they got a balcony here? Hey, how do we get up, how do we get up to that balcony? And they'd be like, you think we get, like, think we get, like security guys oh, to, like, gather around? Like, if I jump? Is that a fucking you know, like, wood chipper? Dude, how do we incorporate that, you know? <laughs> if, I, if I could figure out a safe way to go through a wood chipper, man. That, that You're like Doctor Strange, dog. Day. You're like Doctor Strange. It just takes that one moment where the positive result happens, and then you're good. You just got to find yeah. it. You just got to find it mentally. That's 
fucking incredible. Well, that leads us into our game here. So I was curious if you had to nominate one superhero to be a professional wrestler, who would be the most iconic? And not not the best wrestler, because obviously there's a lot of strong guys out there, but who would be the most iconic? Because wrestling is a lot of performance, too. Ooh. Who'd be the rock? Who'd be the next fucking rock? Who, okay, that, I'm not gonna immediately I was like, who would be like the best talker? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna it's cliche as all hell. I would probably go with Peter Parker. Fuck. I would say Yeah. Dig it. Yes. Let's go. Yes. You have no idea yes. what you just Easily. did, dog. You have no idea. <laughs> For a couple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so one, he's He's got work experience. He's beaten. He's beaten Bone Crusher, so he's got he, that yep. going for him. He definitely did. But, but also, like, when you like in the panels, like he's always like talking mad trash, like while he's like fighting. You know, like exactly. So I think that and the so costumes much. is so good. Like that costume is so marketable. Like you could sell replica. <laughs> Sp- like everything they're doing with Spider-Man now in real life you could do as a wrestler and make a ton of money. Like those Spider-Man replica masks, all that stuff, you know? Yeah, I, easily I would say Peter Parker would be like the most marketable wrestler. So, Ethan, I, I, if I could, I'd kiss you right now. And the reason is, <laughs> is that JR and myself are huge, huge Spider-Man fans, favorite hero, and Zach is a Batman guy. And this is our, our ultimate like contrast is – we think Spider-Man would win in a fight. He thinks Batman would win in a fight. And now you come in on a golden horse with your <laughs> wrestling background and, and your everything that Zach is so excited about. And you just crushed his dreams. And it was on the microphone. I'm so, so excited about this. Yeah, he fought I, Bonesaw. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a fucking Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. yeah. In the cage. He was fighting in the cage. Yeah, it was a cage match in his first fight, <laughs> which is, I'm sure, how it usually starts, you know? Yeah, you know, pro wrestling is very much like, oh, we need somebody to fight the heavyweight champion? Who in the crowd wants to fight him? <laughs> yeah, Bruce Campbell coming out doing the announcements and just Yeah, it was Bruce Campbell. <laughs> fucking Bruce, dude. Just by default, you're like, the Diamond you're Dallas person, Page. Like, yeah. Fucking... He was in, in Raider Rumble. That's the only reason I know that. He was He was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he was the... Diamond Cutter! <laughs> I, I, I kind of see the Joker as a promoter, though. I mean, he's kind of a mastermind, and he mm, kind of gets other mm. people to do his shit for him. So I kind of see him more of... I mean, he's super skinny. So I'm, like, really worried about him fighting anyways. And and But I feel like he's more of a, like a promoter, you know, out there. He'd it's be like, a great yeah, promoter. Yeah, I could see him, like, organizing the Yeah, chaos. he's like, I'm just He'd pull gonna... some nasty t- twists and turns, too. Yeah. <laughs> The wrestlers were not agreeing to. Yeah, it's <laughs> get, like, get your money up front. The Joker's yeah. running a wrestling show. You get, you get your like, money up front. Yeah. I feel like you would be more yeah. of a promoter yeah. than an actual wrestler. By the way, there's a bomb in the building. We're all going to die. <laughs> in the left corner. <laughs> oh, man. That's Good funny. shit, man. Good shit. Well, Ethan, fuck, man. Thank you so much for this. This is so fucking fun. This is the, I've learned so much about wrestling, and I am just so appreciative of the art now because that is so much more in depth than I ever thought of it. And I am so, so happy that you got to come on the microphone with us and talk about what you are doing in your community. Cause that is so cool. What you're doing with the free libraries, what you're doing, trying to find a way to, to sell comics, but help out those in need. And that's just, that's awesome, man. And I would love to give you this platform to plug anything you would like from a promotional standpoint so we can 
get the word out there to support you guys. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, the best ways to support obviously is buying stuff from the store. Um, I post a couple times a day on our Instagram, which is destiny city comics, uh, on our Twitter page, which is uh, destiny city comics, but comics is C O M I X to be edgy. And then on Facebook, <laughs> so we're edgy. just so destiny edgy. city comics. Uh, if you want to support me as a wrestler, uh, pro wrestling slash Ethan HD. And that'll have, I think I have like four different t-shirt designs you can buy. Um, and they'll print and ship all those to you. So I don't have to, to deal with any of that. So, but if you order from the That's store, tight. that I will personally ship to you. Oh, gotta so get signed. My, Maybe we'll get one yeah. signed for the show. Yeah, dude, for sure. And in, in, on our next episode, you're going to see us all wearing fucking <laughs> shirts. Guaranteed, because I'm a buyer. I'm I was sold. just thinking, like, I'm, I'm sold, gonna dude. Yeah. order Ethan HD <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> 100%, man. That's so Get the hot cool. pink one. Get the hot pink shirt, man. Yeah. Nobody Done. wants to. Done. Nobody wants to rock it, but that's oh, my we'll favorite one out of shirt. all of them. I'll rock the shit out of a hot pink shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'll rock the shit out of it, too. Who's <laughs> Ethan HD? Yeah. I just know, got the pink ones because I wanted to spot my shirt in the crowd, and every <laughs> wrestling shirt's black, so I was like, well, I'll make mine pink, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, like that guy. You're going to see three yeah. people in the crowd with your pink shirts, and it's going to be us. <laughs> We're just going to be We love you. <laughs> Can't wait. Just look out Can't for those wait, Actually, we have done a live show in a comic book shop before. And we would—it was a great time. We would love to do it again. And and if if you were willing, Zach would love you to demonstrate some of your wrestling moves on him for yes. the crowd. Uh, That'd be know, great. I got a couple tables sure. in the back that we're not, we're not doing uh, anything. Oh, maybe we should talk I about was, this offline. Or all right, it's a date. I was gonna scrap them to be honest, but yeah, those would be those would be great. I can clear the whole middle out. Uh, yeah, I'm sick. Make them pretty sturdy in the middle. I want to. I want to feel the break. You know, I want to. I want to see it. The pain in Zach's eyes when it happens. So it's got to be I'm real. Very Zach. fragile. I'm very brittle boy. I'm very this frail. Is, this is him getting back for us offering up his uh, gauntlet beer bottle. He was gonna offer Zach Dude, up to be fuck. thrown around. I had an Infinity Gauntlet beer opener, and Zach offered it we to our fans every up. episode when we started this. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ethan. This has been fun. Thanks, been Ethan. Appreciate it, man. So much fun. And everybody, so so uh, please check out and support Destiny City Comics, Stadium District of Tacoma, obviously. Check him out on his wrestling page because, god damn, if you're not interested, then you're fucking don't have a pulse. Um, and as always, you can always check out at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And check us out on Facebook and YouTube. That's all we got for this week, but we will see you next week. Cheers. See ya. Peace. Au revoir.